The information on this podcast is not intended or implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. All contents contained on or available through this podcast is for general information purposes only. The Socially Anxious podcast makes no representation and assumes no responsibility for the accuracy of information on or available through this podcast, and such information is subject to change without notice. We encourage you to perform additional research regarding any information contained on this podcast. And as always, in case of an emergency, please consult your physician. Welcome to the Socially Anxious Podcast. I'm your host, Joe. Each week, we'll go over the latest news, trends, and techniques in dealing with social anxiety. This is a place to have your questions answered in a safe, judgment-free zone. If you have any questions or show topics for our show, please email us at sociallyanxiouspodcast at gmail.com. Well, let's get started. Welcome to episode one of the Socially Anxious Podcast. I'm your host, Joe, and I will be with you for the next 30 minutes to talk all things dealing with social anxiety. This show is broken down into three parts. Part one, we're going to talk about what social anxiety is. In the second part, we're going to talk about some tips and tricks in dealing with social anxiety in social situations. And the third part, we're going to talk about some of the latest news dealing with social anxiety. So let's jump into part one. What is social anxiety? Because I think a lot of people listening to this show either suffer from social anxiety, have a friend or family member that suffers from social anxiety, or even just wants to know exactly what it is. And for the most part, nobody really knows, or at least nobody has a good idea of what social anxiety is or what the people who are suffering from social anxiety are actually dealing with on a day-to-day basis. So first, let's talk about what is social anxiety disorder? Well, social anxiety disorder is when a person feels fear or anxiety in all social situations, such as meeting new people, dating, being on a job interview, answering questions in class, or even having a talk with a cashier in the store, doing everyday things in front of people, like eating or drinking, or also using public restrooms. The fear that people with social anxiety disorders have in social situations is so strong that they feel that it's beyond their ability to control. And as a result, it gets in the way of them going to work, attending school, or doing everyday things. People with social anxiety disorder may worry about these things for weeks before they happen. And sometimes they end up staying away from places or events where they think they might have to do something that will embarrass them. Now, this isn't your typical idea of shyness, like the person doesn't like to talk in front of people or anything like that. This is something more. Now, the good thing is this is not uncommon. Research suggests that about 7% of Americans are affected with social anxiety disorder. So if you're not suffering from it, there's a really good chance that somebody you know is. Without treatment, social anxiety disorder can last for many years or even a lifetime and prevent the person from reaching his or her full potential. So let's talk about some of the causes of social anxiety. Some people have linked it to abuse and others have said that it runs in the family, even though they're not sure why one family member might have social anxiety when another doesn't. Researchers have also found several parts of the brain involved with fear and anxiety. Some researchers think that misleading others' behaviors may play a role in worsening social anxiety. So, for example, you may think that people are staring or frowning at you when they're truly not. 
And also underdeveloped social skills are also a possible contributor to social anxiety. So if you have undeveloped social skills, you may feel disregarded after talking with people and may worry about doing it in the future. Look at some of the signs and symptoms of social anxiety disorder. If a person actually has to perform in front of others, people with social anxiety tend to blush, sweat, tremble, feel a rapid heart rate and not in that fun way and feel their mind going blank. They might be nausea or sick to their stomach. They might show a rigid posture, make little eye contact or speak very, very softly. They may find it scary and difficult to be with other people, especially those they don't already know and have a hard time talking to them, even though they wish they could. They're very self-conscious in front of other people and feel embarrassed and awkward. They're very afraid that people will judge them and they stay away from places where there are other people. So let's talk about some basic treatments involved with social anxiety. Social anxiety disorder is typically treated a couple of ways with psychotherapy, support groups, and medication. So let's delve into each one of those. Psychotherapy. A type of psychotherapy called cognitive behavioral therapy, or CBT, is especially useful when treating social anxiety disorder. CBT teaches you different ways of thinking, behaving, and reacting to situations that help you feel less anxious and fearful. It can also help you learn and practice social skills. CBT delivered in a group can be especially helpful. Support groups. Many people with social anxiety also find support groups helpful. In a group of people who have the same social anxiety disorder, you can receive unbiased, honest feedback about how others in the group see you. This way, you can learn that your thoughts about your judgment and rejection from others are not true and are distorted. You can also learn how others with social anxiety disorders approach and overcome the fear of social situations. The third way is medication. And there are three types of medication used to help treat social anxiety disorder. Anti-anxiety medications, antidepressants, and beta blockers. So let's talk about what each one of those are. Anti-anxiety medications are powerful and begin to work right away to reduce anxious feelings. However, these medications are usually not taken for a long period of time. People can build up a tolerance if they are taken over a long period of time and need a higher and higher dosage to get the same effects. Some people may even become dependent on them. To avoid these problems, doctors usually prescribe anti-anxiety medications for short periods, a practice that is especially helpful for older adults. Antidepressants. Antidepressants are mainly used to treat depression, but are also helpful for the symptoms of social anxiety disorder. In contrast to anti-anxiety medications, antidepressants take several weeks to start working, and they also have side effects such as headaches, nausea, and difficulty sleeping. However, these side effects are not so severe that people don't use it. The third type of medication is beta blockers. And beta blockers are medication that can block some of the physical symptoms of anxiety in the body, such as the increased heart rate, sweating, or tremors. Beta blockers are commonly the medication of choice with performance anxiety, which is a type of social anxiety. Now, this is where you need to consult a physician because a physician will prescribe both medication as well as an alternative, such as a support group or psychotherapy. So if left untreated, social anxiety can do a lot more than just 
damage your ability to go out. Long-term avoidance of social situation affects your personal relationships and can totally lead to low self-esteem, negative thoughts, depression, sensitivity to criticism, poor social skills that never improve. So if you're out there and you're dealing with social anxiety, go seek professional help. If you are somebody who has a friend who's dealing with social anxiety, be supportive, understand what they're going through. So before we go on our first break, we are going to do a one minute guided meditation. It's an easy one minute calming meditation that you can do at home. Start by relaxing into whatever position you're in, whether you're sitting down, standing up, or something else. Breathe in deeply into your stomach and again. Imagine calm as a color. What color would it be? Imagine your stress or overwhelm as a color. What color is that? Set a timer for a minute. Now simply breathe in the color you imagined for calm and breathe out the color that represents stress and overwhelm. Repeat this, taking deep, super slow breaths for one whole minute. When the timer goes off, slowly open your eyes and return to your day. We'll be right back. So we're back with segment two of the Socially Anxious podcast, dealing with social anxiety. And for this segment, we're going to talk about some of the tips and tricks in dealing with social anxiety. The first one, go into a social setting armed with a strategy. Now, as damaging as it is to be too much into your head, actually, some preparation is kind of beneficial. One strategy is to identify places and people that will help you feel the most comfortable. This can make a difference between a surprisingly pleasant evening or your worst nightmare. Having some sort of plan can help instill a feeling of confidence and some much needed control over a situation that feels out of control. Upon arriving to a party, for instance, seek out a calm place within the space. So if you know you're going to a hectic party, plan to spend some of the time in the patio where you won't feel as bombarded by a large crowd. Another tip is to start small and work your way up from there. It's recommended to start the night off by chatting with a few close friends in like the kitchen and then driving into full party crowd. It's also suggested that you go with people that you know and whom you're comfortable with to act as a cushion. The second tip is to give yourself a calming mantra and don't be afraid to use it. Whenever you feel anxious, repeating a calming word or phrase can serve as a friendly reminder that anxiety is only a feeling created by your thoughts. Your mantra can range from something as chattering, easy, 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 or no one cares, or this is not a big deal. My personal one is taking a deep breath and just saying, okay, here we go, and going for it. The third piece of advice is to always plan an escape route. Now, in my opinion, this is one of the most important things you can do. And as dramatic as it seems, it is great to leave a social commitment when you can at any time. So an escape route would be choosing to drive instead of carpooling or having the Uber or Lyft app on your phone. Or if you're away at a conference, booking your own hotel room so that you can leave whenever you can. Having an escape plan 
can decrease social anxiety that is more heightened if you feel trapped in an event. So always have an escape plan, a 911, an emergency, a friend who can come pick you up or a way for you to leave yourself. The fourth piece of advice is to burn off adrenaline in advance. In order to keep your cool, de-stress as much as possible before arriving to a social engagement. Something you might want to do is a marathon cleaning of your house, a hot, sweaty workout, or even having sex. Anything to tire yourself out so that you don't have all of this built-up energy and adrenaline. Another thing you can do is become an all-star listener. Everyone loves a good listener, and people love to talk. Making a point to listen to someone else helps reduce the feeling that you have to carry on the conversation. So pick up on a few key words that you hear people and then try repeating it back to them. A good example of this is if somebody mentions that their child is sick, you can say, yeah, you know what? Having a sick child throws everything off or even asking them how their child is doing. Always go and look and try to find the entertainer in the room and gravitate towards that person. That's another really great topic because they can carry on the conversation and you can just stand there and listen and pretend to be engaged. Another piece of advice is to have a few go-to conversation topics. When you arrive to a party, have a few conversation topics that are already pre-planned. A couple of questions would be like, how do you like to spend your free time? What was the last great book you read? People are starved to talk about themselves, and most will love the opportunity to do it. So having these open-ended questions will allow them the opportunity to do it and for you to be a great listener, which would go with the advice we just gave. Another piece of advice is to breathe through any anxiety that may pop up. Studies show that slow breathing may prompt a sense of tranquility. So here's a breathing exercise you can do. Start by inhaling eight counts and then exhaling eight counts. This is a great exercise to practice anytime and it's both calming and energizing. To push through a bout of social anxiety, try taking small risks. Now, I'm not saying jump out and go into the biggest rave you can find, but do something a little out of your comfort zone. Begin with an initial small exposure, like putting yourself into a situation that is time limited or only mildly uncomfortable and building from there. For example, try committing to attend a party for a few hours versus forcing yourself to stay the whole night or spend some time in a social supportive setting with people who understand your situation instead of jumping into a group of complete strangers. It can often be very rewarding and serve to build up self-esteem when we set small goals and reach them. Another thing you can do is pause and take in your surroundings. Now, this is a really great suggestion from Michael Hilgers, licensed professional counselor in Austin, Texas. He encourages his clients to run through the five senses when experiencing flare-ups of social anxiety. What do you smell, see, hear, feel, and taste in that moment? And a good example of this, he uses restaurants and he says, dinners can be stressful, but one can take a moment and pay attention to the smell of the flower on the table, taste of the food, the coolness of the silverware, the sounds coming from the kitchen the colors in the salad to help bring you back to center. It's essentially the idea that our brains can't be in two opposite places at once. So really paying attention to the present can keep insecurities, catastrophic thinking, and what ifs of social anxiety at a distance. 
Challenge your distorted thinking. Write down the specific thoughts that go through your head before, during, and after situations that trigger anxiety. What are you thinking? Is it something like, everyone will judge me? Or they'll think I sound stupid? Or am I so boring? Or no one will talk to me? For each of these thoughts, write out the answers to the following questions. One, is this 100% true all the time? Two, what is the worst that could happen if it is true? Three, how likely is this? Four, how bad would it really be? Five, can I handle it? And six, what is more likely to happen? Compile these answers into a few coping statements that you could read before you get into social situations that are causing you anxiety. Challenge these thoughts. It's never as bad as you actually think that it is. Okay, now the next step is super important. Don't overdo the alcohol. There was a study conducted at the University of North Carolina School of Medicine, and what they found was that excessive drinking can actually rewire the brain and make you more susceptible to anxiety. So while it might be tempting to calm your nerves with a heavy dose of wine or a shot or two, it is not the best coping mechanism. Actually, you should probably avoid alcohol, too much caffeine, and sugary drinks. Resist the urge to avoid social situations. Defeating social anxiety requires a daily commitment to not avoid uncomfortable social situations at work or in your daily activities. Anytime you feel yourself withdrawing or being quiet, you should challenge yourself to talk and fully engage with other people. Now, I know this is scary, and you may feel foolish when doing this, but it will get easier over time. And even if it doesn't, it's not the end of the world if you embarrass yourself. Now, one thing that nobody ever talks about is the need to applaud your efforts. Getting out there when you're suffering from social anxiety is a huge step, and it should be applauded. People suffering from social anxiety tend to be very hard on themselves, and this type of criticism can be damaging. Instead of critiquing yourself, focus on the positive by reminding yourself of all the times you have been successful in social situations. Not every time is going to be a home run, but not every time is going to be a complete strikeout either. So now that we've talked about some tips and tricks in dealing with social anxiety, let's jump into a quick two-minute guided meditation. I invite you to take a breath, and when you are comfortable, begin to close your eyes. I wonder if you would take a moment to imagine yourself being more calm, peaceful, and focused. And as you allow your unconscious mind to naturally conjure an image of what that would feel like, consider what you might be seeing, hearing, and what you might be feeling that shows you more calm, peaceful, and focused. And perhaps you are feeling more calm, peaceful, and focused. If not, notice that your unconscious mind can reveal what might do this. Now, maybe you can think of a simple way 
to incorporate this feeling of calm into your life in the days and weeks ahead. And after you've done that, know that it really can be this easy to create a little more peace and calm in your life. So, I invite you now to take a breath for a moment and begin to move your attention back to the room, listening to the sounds around you, and begin to open your eyes. So, how was that? What did you learn? Welcome to the third segment of the Socially Anxious Podcast. In this segment, we're going to look at some of the latest news dealing with social anxiety. With the rise of mental health awareness happening now, artists are coming out and speaking about their mental health issues. Rising R&B superstar Summer Walker has been transparent with her mental health struggles that she's been facing. Balancing her red-hot career and her sometimes crippling social anxiety has proved to be a challenge for the singer. Following the success of her debut album, Over It, Walker has abruptly canceled two dozen U.S. tour dates in order to safeguard her mental health. Since then, Walker has been challenged on social media by people who question why she would choose to be famous knowing that she suffers from social anxiety. Talk show host Wendy Williams even was among the critics, questioning why Walker would dare perform in sexy outfits having social anxiety. Recently, Walker cleared the air during an Instagram Live session, reiterating that social anxiety is no laughing matter. Now, this Instagram Live session was in particular reference to her 2019 Soul Train Awards acceptance speech, which eventually became a meme. She went on to say, I can't even accept an award in peace. You see how I spoke. I was scared. Everyone else gave these long speeches. I didn't because I have social anxiety. She also went on to address the people who seem to think her social anxiety is all an act. I just want to let y'all know, not me because I'm living a great life, but this is how people commit suicide. When people tell you what's literally going on with them and then people still continue to bully them. Walker was also scrutinized for not living up to her vivacious personality that she displays on social media. According to cognitive behavioral therapist Larry Cohen, the internet is a different beast entirely. For some people who are socially anxious, social media, as well as written communication, is relatively easy. So if you think about it, it's control. They spend as much time as they want getting the words out or getting the pictures out and representing exactly what they want. Walker claims she wanted to help educate the masses on her condition and debunk any of the myths. So what are your thoughts on this? Do artists get to have social anxiety disorder? And if they do, is it their place to get out there and make comments and let people know about it? And if they do that, are we as outsiders supposed to scrutinize them because they're not living up to the persona that they have created? Let us know what your thoughts are by emailing us at sociallyanxiouspodcast at gmail.com. So the next article we found, which is a really great one, has to deal with social anxiety and the holidays. With the holidays coming up, like Christmas and New Year's and everything that happens next year, social anxiety is something that a lot of people have to deal with. 
And we can't tell you time and time again how we'll end the year with crippling social anxiety, not going out, not having any interaction. And then the first thing they do at the beginning of the next year, that one New Year's Eve resolution that they make is to be more social. So we found this great article on tips to reduce social anxiety during the holidays. So there was this really great article in Red Book that came out last week about how to navigate holiday season anxiety and depression. Now, the one thing I don't like about it is that a lot of people tend to lump anxiety with depression, but they're definitely two different things. However, the tips in this article are really, really useful. Number one, pick and choose who you spend time with. You don't have to attend every single event that you're invited to, and there's going to be a ton of them between work parties, parties with your friends, gatherings with family. They all can trigger anxiety. So skip the company holiday party this year or hang out with your best friend for that night instead. Or if your family is what gives you grief and anxiety, decide to hang out with friends. Get organized. The holidays is a great time to feel overwhelmed when your to-do list becomes longer than Santa's naughty and nice list. So do some planning before the holiday rush hits. Map out a schedule with any upcoming commitments. Ensure that your travel plans are in order Make notes of gifts that you still need to shop for and even work out a rough budget for the items that you plan to buy. The stress over logistics, purchases, calendar conflicts will all fall away and having a plan on hand will empower you to say no when you're at risk of overcommitting yourself. The third thing to do is to eat smart during the holidays. Now we all know that so many people fall behind on their diets, on all of their plans during the holiday season. Indulging in sweets in the season may be hurting way more than it's helping. More and more, we hear from mental health experts and nutritionists about how your gut health affects your mental health. And speaking of food, let's talk about drinking. You might want to limit your intake of alcohol during the holiday season. That would be a wise choice. While alcohol may help with the initial jitters of social anxiety, it also comes with the possibility of depressive episodes, and it's actually making things worse long term. Alcohol changes the levels of serotonin and other neurotransmitters in the brain and can negatively affect your health. And you're always most anxious after the alcohol wears off. Drink water. Now, this is something that seems really trivial, but is really important. The weather's changing. It's getting colder. You'll be more inclined to drink a lot of hot beverages like coffees and stuff like that. But you want to stay away from the caffeine. The more caffeine you consume, it does trigger anxiety and the jitters. Make time to meditate. Prepare your mind and body for the upcoming holidays and stress ahead of time. One of the easy ways to do this is to meditate daily. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't have the time to do a 20-minute meditation every day. But I do have a time to sit back and do maybe a two-minute meditation or even a five-minute meditation. This is something that's really important in helping to recenter yourself. So take the time out to do it. And the final thing that they suggest you do in this Red Book article is to make me time. Do something that you enjoy. If you like knitting, take the time out to knit. If you like playing D&D, take the time out to do that. The holidays are already stressful. There's no need to not do something that you enjoy that relieves your personal stress in order to keep obligations that only helps to increase your anxiety. 
Like I said, I don't like the fact that Red Book combined both anxiety and depression together, but I think that these tips are incredibly useful. Again, dealing with social anxiety is always kind of difficult because people always tend to chalk it up to being shy in front of crowds or they're just really shy and speaking in public or something like that. But it's definitely a not more. So if you're dealing with social anxiety, know that there are groups out there to help you and that there are podcasts like this to give you information and to tell you you are not alone. Remember, one of the best things you can do is take baby steps, but don't isolate yourself. Again, if you have any show topics you'd like us to cover, please email us at sociallyanxiouspodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening. We hope you got a lot out of today's show. Again, if you've got any show topics or you want to leave us a note, please find us at sociallyanxiouspodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. If you like this show, please subscribe to our podcast. Thanks so much for listening. 